sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, everybody. This is Erica Salda, the queen of teen. Another beautiful, happy, warm morning. We've got a couple of new segments today, and I'm really excited. We have another new co-host. Let's put our hands together. We've got Raya Carpenter in the house. She's going to be taking over for Lori Cortez, who's been with us since day one. Lori, you know, we love you, but the show must go on. <laughs> so, luckily, I know people. I have big shoes to fill. Thanks. That's guys. Well, no, that's not what she says. You know, your your name is out there. I want you to know. I just like I like to have a lot of different queens, but when they're ready, when you're you're it, this is your time. Ryer, this you know, is your time. You know, Erica, I think you just coined it for me. Queen of college, maybe. That's it. I like it. Do it. Queen of college planning. That's it. The queen. That's it. I love it. We're all queens. That's why I love this show so much. Dr. D. Oh, there he is. Don Sanders is in the house. Dr. Amy's in the house. Dominique Hackett. Christine Marie with a view from the deck. Woo, our producer is just <laughs> logged on. This is just like those folding shows. I love it. I love it. So, Dr. D., where else can you find us before Ryer gets started? Because she's got a busy day today. I have no clue. No. <laughs> In addition to finding us on AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station, 9 a.m. and uh, what is it, 11 p.m. on Tuesdays, you can also find us at 6 p.m. Sundays and 3 a.m. on Monday mornings, as well as at teensportsradio.com. We're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, where else, Amazon Music, and... um, can I ask, did we go on to script? Uh, script or sp- no, no. S-C-R-I-B-D? No, I haven't uh, haven't uh, sought that one out yet, but I will uh, look into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, with all this, all this uptick and all these different media platforms, I always like to do the overview. Mm-hmm. And from the last seven days, we're up 26%. So that's because right. everybody is sharing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I find too when we add the kids back in the house. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're doing really good there. We've got Shakir Ahmad. He's doing the uh, Royal Update over at San Marcos High School. He's phenomenal. And then we've also got Clara McDonald over at Bishop Diego with Raya Carpenter right there too, as well. Um, so we're moving on and we've got the DP that I'm going to be speaking one from CARP. So when the kids stroll Woo-hoo! back in, this has been, this has been an awakening. This has been really good. Um, Raya, I'm so excited. Um, you, if this is your platform right now, we've got, you're a college coach. You're going to put out all. We've got your commercial up in the uh, in the. We we didn't hard code it, but what doctor? In the D, hopper. We're in the hopper. No, she's not in the hopper. She's in the flow. Ro- she's in she's in rotation. She's in the flow. In rotation. Yeah. You're in the rotation. Yeah. That's official. You're officially on the ro- in the rotation. So tell us how how let, let's let's get to know you a little bit better. Um, When did you um, get involved in, um, you know, just tell us your story. Yeah, yeah. So, gosh, I have been a counselor for 20 years um, and I've worked in public schools and I've worked in private schools. So half of my career has been in the public side. And then the last half has actually been at Bishop High School Go Cards. Um, So I run the counseling program there. And, you know, being in a private school, I have been able to really 
uh, fine tune and hone those college counseling skills. So uh, from there, I have additionally launched my business. So I have balanced college planning. Uh, so I'm, it's just taking off and I'm loving every minute of it. I get to do what I love. And so I'm super blessed. Um, and so I'd love to dive in and, and share with you guys some things that, you know, kids should be thinking about this month. Yeah. Yes. November. What, what do we got to look forward to? Please. For I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a huge month. And so like seniors, they have already finished um, most likely a big push if they were applying to early action or early decision colleges. Right. So they're kind of relieved and taking naps and recovering, uh, you know, from that experience. But some of them do have a November 15 early deadline. So if you do have a November 15 deadline, uh, you know, be thinking about, oh, gosh, you know, did I did I ask for those letters of rec? Right. And so do I have to have a letter of recommendation for the college I'm applying to? Do I need a letter of rec for scholarship applications and that kind of thing? So usually every school has their own protocol for what they're you know, looking for um, in when you ask for a letter of rec, make sure you ask in person, make sure you give at least two weeks notice. Right. And then you're going to put that person's email into their, you know, the Naviance database or common app or, or whatever. So that they get that invite. Cause these days, you know, back, back when I first started doing all of this, we did everything by paper and pencil. Right. right. <laughs> and so we would make photocopies, you know, and throw the stamp on the envelope. We don't do that anymore. So you're going to put, you're going to put the teacher's email address in common app and, and uh, the counselor's email and make sure you double check. Did I type that correctly? Cause that's the other thing. They think that they've invited those, those teachers to write their letters of rec and then they just disappear into the abyss. And, oh, and so we have another letter of recommendation to do for a student. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's coming up. Right. So, so yeah, so just stay on top of those letters. Of rec. And then, you know, for our local students, um, November is also huge for the UC application and the CSU application deadline, which is at the end of this month, November 30th. So um, a lot of times students will use their Thanksgiving uh, break to make the most progress on these applications and then submitting at the last minute. My advice to you, if you can get the application done before Thanksgiving, of course, then you can have a nice peaceful vacation and um, you don't have any last minute kind of freakouts with uh, technology and all that. Um, the thing about the UC applications now, because they won't look at the SAT or the ACT exams anymore, they have these four questions that you need to answer on the UC application. They're called the personal insight questions. And so you got to take these very, very seriously. Um, this is Think of it like as an opportunity to interview, right? And so, you know, um, give as much context about your life experience as possible. Make sure you have somebody critique it. Um, proof, you know, read it out loud to yourself and then, you know, read it one more time before you hit that submit button. Um, so this is kind of your, your extra chance outside of your transcript to shine for the UCs. Um, Do you encourage students to use Grammarly at all when they're doing the writing? You know, actually, it's not something that I, I, I wouldn't discourage anybody from using it. Um, I, the thing that I typically do is let me see it. Right. So as, as you know, my students at Bishop, let me read it. It doesn't take me very long and we'll do like a, a Google share 
And so we'll go back and forth, you know, with with feedback or or ask your English teacher to look at it. Right. Um, I typically don't advise asking uh, your parents or like a sibling because, you know, they love you and they're going to be not maybe as um, critical. as Underbots. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but but when it comes to the grammar, like when it's polished and all of that in terms of content. Yeah. Have a parent te- check it out, too. So you could use that as well. There's another part of the UC CSU application that's kind of tricky, um, and that's where you enter your courses. And you would think that that wouldn't be like very difficult at all, but um, you do have to enter them in a very precise manner. And so um, that is one area where I would definitely say check in with your high school counselor or your college counselor and say, can you just give this a quick proofread? I'm telling you, it takes like five, 10 minutes to do that. And um, the amount of mistakes that I find is, you know, it's so worth it just to to do that double check. The other thing for seniors I just want to point out for you right now is um, if you um, are an artist or if you're real high achieving, seniors in South Santa Barbara County should be thinking about the Scholarship Foundation they have the honors scholarship and they have the art scholarship and their deadline is November 15th. So, and that's open to students who live in Carpinteria, Goleta and Santa Barbara. They're, they don't consider need for this particular, these two particular applications. So it's based on your merit and uh, the honors scholarship, you have to have at least a 4.2 weighted GPA. And then, you know, for everybody else out there, right, the ninth, 10th, and 11th graders, of course, I, you're going to always hear this from me, uh, but, you know, grades, 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 right? So even if you're a recruited athlete, um, taking challenging courses for you, earning it the best grades that you can, that's typically the most important consideration in college. So, you know, that, that always should take, you know, the, uh, the main focus of your energy. And then if you can keep up your grades and your overall wellness, of course, I'm going to say, all right, start to look at your extracurricular involvement, right? And, um, and when, you, when you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I uh, get more things on my resume or get more things to be involved in, just basically think about, you know, how can I improve the lives of others? What brings you joy? Um, how can you advance your knowledge? or what will help you with career exploration. So any of those things are fine for reasons to engage in a in an extracurricular activity. But you know, the more that you have joy in what you're doing, the easier it's going to be to engage in that that activity over the long term and to ask for increased responsibility. So that's why I kind of nudge people, you know, to, to head in that direction. Um, and then, you know, when, when, when you're tying that into the college conversation, what they're typically looking for in your extracurricular activities are longevity and responsibility. So, um, you know, you, you don't, it's going to be much more value, valuable for you to be involved in something for the long haul with a lot of depth instead of a bunch of activities and clubs for a short period of time where you don't have a lot of responsibility. So think about quality over quantity. And uh, any questions for me, you guys? Yeah, well, well are we going to get to questions? Oh, okay, okay cool. Well, we're going to take a little break first. Okay. okay. <laughs> get to questions, we're going to do a little break first, and then you can do a quick little thing on the juniors down to freshmen really fast. Maybe okay. a couple more questions, okay? But we're okay. so excited to have you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Everybody stay tuned. We've got Raya Carpenter after these messages. 
back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. All right, you're back with Teen Sports Radio. This is Raya Carpenter with Balanced College Planning. If you have just joined us, uh, we have been talking about what seniors have been thinking about over this past month, uh, deadlines and and important stuff to be um, considering. And in and if you did miss all of that and you want to hear uh, read the notes of what we discussed earlier, I encourage you to check me out on Facebook. You can find me at Balanced College Plan. If you want to try and get a hold of me, you are welcome to call me at 805-455. 6358, or you can email Raya, R-Y-A, at balancedcollegeplan.com. So taking it from here, we talked a little bit just a moment ago about what our ninth, 10th, and 11th graders should be doing. Keep your grades up. Look at those extracurricular activities. I would like to just finish out by um, highlighting a little bit for our 11th and um, 10th graders. So um, like in my own school at Bishop, we actually have all of our 10th graders and all of our 11th uh, graders take the PSAT during the school day. And so um, that's the preliminary SAT. Now we are in that test optional phase of of college admissions right now. So SAT, ACT is becoming less and less of a critical component. But if you are thinking about testing, uh, juniors and seniors, I'm sorry, sophomores and juniors, I would encourage you to just think about, okay, what is my testing plan? Again, talk to your high school counselor about this, talk to your college coach about this. Um, but basically, you know, the, the juniors, what you should maybe start thinking about is taking what's called the mock ACT or the plan. You, uh, some schools offer the plan, but it's a practice for the ACT. That way you can compare your preliminary SAT score with your mock ACT score around January. And then you can decide, do I want to engage in test prep? And the way you can figure that out is, do I have a dream school, right? So University of Pittsburgh is my dream school. What is the average SAT and ACT score of students who were admitted to that school in the past couple of years? And then what was my preliminary SAT score? What was my mock ACT score? Okay, I, uh, I'm off a little bit, so I'm going to engage in prep. And so you can start to make a test prep plan. Usually you're going to be taking tests, uh, the official test in like second semester of junior year. So you can, and then going into senior year, so you can kind of um, space it out. So, so sophomores, you don't have to worry so much about this. What I would say for sophomores is just keep those grades up, focus on your extracurricular activities, enjoy life, and that's it. You don't need to freak out about anything else. Um, juniors, now is the time to start dipping your toe into the test uh, testing world. Please know, um, I want to give a big plug to an incredible website. It's called fairtest.org fairtest.org. If you have test anxiety, test stress, or you just don't do well on tests, um, check out that website because they constantly will monitor monitor um, test optional or test free schools. And test free basically means I won't look at a score even if you send it to me. All right, guys, that's what I've got for you. Nice. Dominique, you got a question? Uh, just a quick question. When I was in school, the PSAT 
was like uh, preliminary. P can you explain the difference between PSAT, ACT, and SAT? That's when you had to roll down the car windows when you went to school. <laughs> <laughs> we just got the seatbelts. <laughs> we just got the seatbelt. Okay, kids. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really good question. Um, and that's the thing you got to check me on because I um, in there's so much jargon in college admission, right? So I appreciate that. So uh, the preliminary SAT is run by the college board. The college board run, is uh, an organization that puts out a bunch of tests. And the main ones that you'll be familiar with are the PSAT, which is the preliminary SAT, the SAT, which is the official exam that used to be required by the UCs, for example, um, the, the ACT or the SAT was required, but no, it's no longer. Um, and then they do, they used to do what, what are, you probably heard of the SAT subject tests. And that's where like, if you were proficient in Korean, you can take that test. Those tests have gone away. Um, so that, and then the last one that you've heard of, I'm sure, through College Board is the AP, which stands for Advanced Placement. So that's when you take uh, a college level course in high school, and then at the end of the course, you take an exam. And if you do well on that exam, you have the opportunity potentially to get college credit for that from the institution you end up attending. So those are the main exams from that. That, that agency, again, is called College Board. Then you have an entirely different agency called ACT. And if you're going to quiz me on what that stands for, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to have to look that one up. I think it's the achievement. Oh gosh. Now I'm, I'll look it up. Anyways, the ACT has been around forever as well. And the difference is in particularly like in California, a lot of people don't think, and also out of um, like in, in Asia, for example, um, the ACT isn't taken as, oh, well, I've never heard of that. So it must not be valuable. Well, but if you lived in the Midwest, you would take the ACT over the SAT, right? So it's definitely based on, it's regional. So wherever you live tends to be who, you know, is taking that particular test. But it doesn't really mean that one test is better than the other. It's, they're just two different companies and um, their tests are quite different. So in the SAT, you're going to have um, a total of 1,600 points. And you have like a verbal section and a math section. And then on the ACT, you have uh, only 36 points with multiple sections. And they have like a science section. And, and that kind of makes people intimidated. Oh, there's a science section. I'm not going to do it. But it's actually not science. It's actually reading. And so I'm a little bit of math. Does that answer your question? We have, a, we have Dr. Amy here in the house, mindfulness coach. We're very blessed to have her. Works with our teen athletes, MD, doctor, Stanford, uh, gymnast, retired. <laughs> still, but she still likes to, you know, I don't know. She still like the monkey bars, right? Or no, I'm just kidding. Sure, I um, love the monkey bars. <laughs> there you go. You have a question, Dr. Well, Amy? I, my understanding was that the different tests kind of play to different strengths. Yeah, for sure. And um, so and just to close out that one uh, thing that I mentioned before, ACT stands for American College Testing. And you are absolutely correct that the ACT does play to different strengths. Um, and the pace of the ACT is um, it feels more intense 
And so sometimes students, uh, it, it's interesting though. Um, I've had students who, re- who have extended time because they have a, a learning disability and they'll have extended time on testing and they love the ACT because with, with extended time, you could move between the different sections at your own pace, um, which was kind of very relaxing. I think that may have changed recently. So I'll have to look that up. Um, but but when you don't have that extended time on the ACT, I think you have a little bit less than a minute for each for each question. I could have that off wrong a little bit, but basically that's why that pace feels much more intense on the ACT. And some students thrive on that. Um, and if you are strong in reading, then the ACT might also feel like your test. And if you are really strong in math, the SAT might feel like your test. So in that case, what I typically recommend, and that's why I was saying before, I recommend for our 11th graders to take the PSAT in 11th grade. They, it's only offered in October every year. So they've already done it. Get your results, which is like the end of December. Take a practice ACT or a mock ACT. And you can actually just go online and get one of those, or you could go to, you know, Chaucer's in Santa Barbara and get one or Amazon or something like that. Right. Um, You can get practice tests online or with your high school and um, get compare which one did I do better on? And that's how you figure out, okay, I'm going to give more energy to one test over the other. Um, You know, and, and uh, there was something else I was going to say about that. The, um, Ah, it left my brain. No worries. Hey, listen, right. One more time. How do we get a hold of you? So you can find me at balancedcollegeplan.com or you can email me, Raya, R-Y-A, at balancedcollegeplan.com and 805-455-6358. Nice. And plus, you got your commercial rotation, Raya. Thank you so much. If you have time, stick around. Because right after these messages, we have Christine Marie. All right. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, and welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Christine Marie with a view from the deck. And actually, um, today, I'm going to be talking about a view from this book, which is called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. And I want to talk about the first one. So on, on, this, on the cover of this book, it's, it's by uh, Jim Detmeyer, Diana Chapman, and Kaylee warner Clemp. And it's really, you know, it's, it's a new paradigm for sustainable success. And I think our teen athletes, if you start early, I mean, this, this kind of attitude with your teams um, uh, and in any part of your life will take everything to the next level. Um, and also for everybody, no matter how old we are, you know, we all have an inner team. We all have, we are, we're all, we're all doing our best. So this on the cover of this book, there's a big, thick black line and they talk about being working, you know, are we able to work above the line or below the line? So I think I was just thinking about it as I've been reading it and thinking about, so we all have this sort of, um, what do you want to call it? Reptilian part of our brain. I forget the name of that, that part of the brain, the, the, the back part of the brain. Do you know, remember Dr. Amy? It's the, um, are you talking about the limbic system? The limbic system. Yep. 
and then that's the part where we where we tend to be sort of in in defense and we're closed and we're sort of we're in survival but then we also have this frontal frontal part of our the frontal lobe which is the you know more evolved part of our brain that helps us connect in and come into a different way of looking at things about you know maybe being committed to learning being curious and being open and so that's the thing about being above the line or below the line and we're always i think as human beings we have to acknowledge we're all striving at least i am striving in my own life to be above the line to be open to be curious to be committed to learning but i do find myself back into that place on a regular basis of of feeling defensive or closed or wanting to be right and so, so it's about kind of checking ourselves in that space um, and acknowledging that's one of the first things they talk about in this book is where are we and what are we committed to? Um, and I am committed to learning. And so whenever I find myself in that place, um, I always try to check myself and, and bring myself back. And um, the very first of these commitments is called commitment one is taking radical responsibility. And it's super powerful because for me, it, it takes upon this, the idea that life is happening for us, not to us. And then when something is happen, when something happens to us, we don't just go into a blame space. Whose fault is this? Who did it? It's your fault. You did it. That's when we're below the line, even when we're blaming ourselves or being hard on ourselves. So take, so I'm just going to read this, uh, um, that taking radical responsibility um, says, I commit to taking full responsibility for the circumstances of my life and for my physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. I commit to supporting others to take full responsibility for their lives. And by responsibility, I'm not saying that, you know, we're responsible for every bad thing that happens to us. I'm saying that um, I see it as being responsible for how we respond, <laughs> react to the difficult things that happen to us. And where do we go with that? And if we are thinking um, that, everything is happening for us rather than to us, then we can say, whoa, wait a second. This is a really difficult thing. This is, this thing is hot. You know, well, first we can react and be upset and go down there below the line and be mad, but then we can come back and we can say, okay, if there were some way to learn, if there were some reason for this, what could it be? Or even if there's maybe it's a random act, but how do I take it in my own life and make my life better because of it? And that's what I see as the very first commitment in this um, 15 commitments of conscious leadership is to really take full responsibility for how we were going to respond and, um, and to see that the world is happening for us and to find out what that is for, for our own self and to encourage other people too, because we all get into that place where we want to blame and talk, but we can bring ourselves back and keep ourselves in a place and help our friends and our coworkers and our teammates to even come to a place where, you know, if we lose the game, if we made a mistake, well, you know, how, what, what, what's that helping us? What, if we, what if we weren't to focus, what if we didn't focus on all the mistakes, but we focus on all the things that we did right and where that mistake, um, you, you know, and, and then we'll, you know, next time when we learned from each mistake there's no failure only feedback so um that's what i have to offer today um love um, that no failure only feedback yeah yeah and that everything is happening for us not just to us things are happening to us but lots of things are happening to us but what parts of it are happening for us for our own growth for our own learning so that's the first step 
and um, I'm, I'm committing myself to that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Dr. Amy, I know you're going to put your touches on it with Dawn. I see, I feel the, we- the wheels are turning right now. I could see it. Dawn, do you want to go? Sure. Yeah, what you were, what you were saying uh, reminded me just now, Christine, uh, the other night uh, I was sitting with a group of men. Actually, we were in Zoom sitting. We were on hey. Zoom and uh, it's a men's group that I have been that I had been part of since I moved up here to Ojai. And and uh, I was telling him a story. Once I heard a, a story of this uh, famous flamenco dancer named Pascual Oliveira. He and his wife traveled internationally. They were quite famous. And he was talking about the traumas and things he had to deal with. And uh, so he was saying there was two Pasquels and the uh, the older Pasquel had to sort of reparent and become a friend to that younger Pasquel. And that 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 has really helped me quite a bit. The um, the idea of uh, you can't go you can't go back and do it all again. But, uh, you know, the I, I say, you know, I, I have two Dons, the little Don you know, can feel a kind of a chip on the shoulder, can feel resentful, can feel traumatized, this and that. But the the older Don is is able to absorb these kind of things with resiliency and keep a smile on his face. So the, the older Don, and especially like in relationship with my partner, if both of, you know, if, if, if little Carrie and little Don come out to play, we can we can just go in circles and it's a terrible thing to see. But uh, but, you know, when when the when you're when you're, you know, Christine mentioned sort of a, a, a more evolved self, but it's kind of a transformation. You have to be committed to that transformation. A guy I call my an uncle. He's actually just a, a family friend. He said everything that's lasted has any substance, anything of great import in this world that, that you've looked at, whether it's a great company or any institution, it was all begun in joy. Everything began in joy that's that's how everything gets started so i didn't find patience much in my life till after 60 and uh, now that i have it i think it's really nice to patiently formulate a plan and then work a process and if you keep working a process those bad days you can go it's okay i found my grind i found what gives me juice you alone you i we you alone are responsible for writing the script for the drama of your life. Wow. Oh, well, you know, so we all, we all do this <laughs> And I want to hear everything Dr. Amy has to say, but we're going to take a break real quick. This is Erica Salt of the Queen of Team. We're going to be back with Dr. Amy Salzman after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Dr. Amy at Teen Sports Radio, and you can find me at stillquietplace.com, 
or 650-575-5780 or D as in Dr. R-A-M-Y at stillquietplace.com. And I was reflecting, I'm at a space in my life where I've had some recent experiences that is really having me ponder some of what Christine said. There is a way that I completely agree with her. And there's a way that I'm starting to explore what I want to call spiritual bypassing, which is like when we just say everything's happening for us and we're not setting clear boundaries, we're not uh, speaking our truth, we're not calling people out. And um, I think that some of the recent things that have happened to me and for me have actually happened to help me develop those skills of setting boundaries, telling my truth and calling people out and calling people in as well. But I think we want to be careful not to, um, not to carry the it's happening for me too far into a way that it's like, um, uh, really allowing abuse oh. um, to be perpetrated without um, seeking support, addressing it, et cetera. And I know that's not, that's totally not what you meant, Christine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm personally just looking at, I do still hold that the traumatic things that happened are happening for me. <laughs> And they're asking me to develop these these new skills. So you sounded like you had something to say and Dominique has something to say. So, yeah, I think I think in, t- in terms of what's happening for me, what am I learning? Sometimes these traumatic things are telling me to set boundaries, to say no. There's also a radical honesty that comes with that. This is just the first step of seeing, like, what is this for? Um, because if this is for me and if I'm not speaking up, what am I? Who am I letting down? I'm letting myself down. And I find I'm letting other people down when I don't set appropriate and proper boundaries they don't know what those boundaries are so i think that that's really and i i i appreciate you bringing up the the um the theory of or the um the idea of spiritual bypassing because i'm not about that either um um, while someone might consider me sort of a new age person i'm also a very grounded person and i don't and i have lots of emotions (laughs) and and i think that emotions are energy moving, you know, energy in motion, and they help us transform situations, especially anger helps us set boundaries and help. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to thank you for bringing that because it's really important that we make sure that we're not spiritually bypassing. And that will help me as I'm speaking as going further through this book to keep that in, in mind. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I was just going to add in uh, so that teens can understand when, how can I say this? When you, when you begin your life and your family, we all have different things that happen and you experience what you think is normal, but it's through working with counselors such as Dr. Amy, when you, when you have an issue that makes you really uncomfortable that you realize, oh, wait a second, there's a boundary that's been crossed and my sense of normal has now been expanded too far. That's what we mean by spiritual bypass. You are, you've now become accepting of behavior that's really not healthy for you 
you or for the other person. And so when you work with counselors like Dr. Amy and, and uh, your, your counselor at school, or even, you know, you get an opportunity to work with, with a therapist, you're building communication skills for yourself and understanding, oh, my body's telling me a boundary has been crossed. How do I respond to that to protect myself? And how do I interact to build a relationship and grow? Because no relationship's perfect. We're all going to have times where we bump and grind against each other. Like, like Don's saying, he found his you know, really more comfortable spot at age 60. So it doesn't manifest like instantaneously. This is something where the wisdom, we acquire wisdom and then we grow through experience and we gain an understanding. So I just want our, our teens to understand it is, we're trying to give language to the very subtle sensations that we have in our body where, wow, we get an uncomfortable sensation that, hey, this moment was didn't enrich me. I feel icky about it and I can't even language what happened. And that's what Dr. Amy is addressing is, hey, don't bypass that moment. Bring it into the light. Find a way to language what you've experienced and then grow in your understanding of, hey, this is the normal that's healthy. This is the outer range that requires me to have additional skills so that I protect myself and I help another grow. I agree. And that's why it's so important. I mean, since 1999, I've been, I brought in, you know, you have, you have an electrician, you've got a, a plumber, a plumber. I mean, you have to have a good counselor, therapist, uh, spiritual, somebody, a group. If you don't want to go to a professional like that, that's actually trained in that. Then you, you have to, to groups. You, you can, can have, go to, exactly. It's really even, uh, even a trustworthy friend. Um, it's, and it's important to be discerning about who you, give your trust to and whether they have that's, why, that's actually have earned and therapy, continue therapy. to earn your trust right uh, sorry uh, erica you go no my, my bad i that's that's what flipped me into 180 dollars an hour is because of the people that i trusted <laughs> didn't turn out to be trustworthy <laughs> and i got annihilated <laughs> so then the question is where did i make a mistake right. must I, I have got been a red flag yeah exactly where do i need to make changes so that i notice the red flags mm. and don't think that they are the um what do you call it? the trimmings for my wedding dress right, right. and <laughs> maybe next time i mean i think sierra did a little bit of, of it last time but maybe next time we could start to talk about red flags but the other thing i want to say is the most important person to trust is yourself. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And I, that's the first main red flag. If the person you're interacting with and you thought was trustworthy is telling you not to trust what your body and mind is sharing as your truth, mm -hmm. that's the first red flag. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Christine had something to say. I wanted to say too, that I'm, you know, I'm still looking at, you know, this, this idea of, assigning people the same sense. I always look for the best in people, but people aren't always their best. And so for me, it's how do I, I always want the, I always want to see the most innocent, most best from each person. And sometimes they don't have that. And I found out things, things recently about people who I care deeply for that are sort of a struggle for me because I hadn't seen that. I knew something was up. So that trust of knowing, oh, I'm not getting all the truth here. Maybe I shouldn't assign this person complete and utter innocence and totally on my side. That's probably a good idea, you know. So it's 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 interesting to trust ourselves and to learn how that happens by not trusting and then coming back and going, oh yeah, that's what that feeling meant. That feeling meant um, 
I need to trust myself over what this person is saying. Well, that's what I find too with a lot of teens that I've um, counseled is teens, when they get into their relationships, it's almost like they mirror their parents in some respects. And if their parents aren't healthy, then it's kind of hard. And I, and I say or, that in a, in a nice way. Not necessarily like, healthy, but if your parents have a particular blind spot in their relationship, the, the kids will mimic that so mm-hmm. they can learn the lessons of that blind spot. Right. I mean, that's uh, that's basically what I did in the, in the beginning years. Um, not no, you just don't. Wow, what else do you know? You're not familiar. You know, you, you don't have the you don't have the people around you to be able to say, hey, that's not it's not OK. So, yeah, kids. Have, and, and we didn't have all the other distractions that kids have today. So, um, yeah, got a lot to talk about. But we have another section coming up. We've got Dominique Hackett right after these messages. Our teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, welcome back. This is Dominique Hackett with Teen Sports Radio. Um, I'm also representing Santa Barbara Wellness Center and uh, Teach Braille. There's lots of fun things that I get to do. So uh, for teens, I wanted to offer, I'm going to call it Hackett's Hugas. So what is Huga? Huga is Comfort, it's a Danish word, and it has to do with how comfortable a situation is. And the reason why it's really good to focus on the huga quality of a moment is because uh, something may go wrong. Like you have a meal with your friends and the meal tastes awful. The, the chicken got burnt, the vegetables were boiled, you know, the food wasn't that good, but the huga was 10. So that meant that the quality of the friendship that was shared in the meal was outstanding. And what I want to suggest is that in our life, we need to focus on the hookah, those those moments where you know, when you think of hookah, think of putting on warm socks, having a cup of tea, sitting with a good book in a corner and curling up with a cat and and sharing, you know, fun, laughter, lighting candles. That's kind of the kind of sensation. And when you create that kind of environment for yourself and you encourage the creation of those kind of environments, it's easier to study. Do you know what my hookah is? What's your hookah? Feeding Richard at Hearts on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. Erica and Dominique and Team Sports Radio, you've got the hygge going on. You're all set. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. So uh, really fast, Richard, can you share, have you looked at hygge at all? And can you share some of the qualities of hygge that you encourage in yourself and encourage in others? Well, I don't know. I, I kind of just uh, jumped in after my, my cooking class here, so... <laughs> Um, food you know, is something that we don't encourage our teens to do necessarily. <laughs> yes, um, slow cooking. 
Well, cooking um, is I'm definitely a... high huga. So who are you, so you're saying huga? Yeah, that's how I'm pronouncing it. Am I pronouncing it wrong? H Y G G E. I've never heard this word. This is a oh, new one. Oh, great! Right. Right. It's, it's like it's, it's like wobble. It's like wobble. <laughs> so there's a there's an <laughs> book on uh, I think uh, the Danish uh, way of huga. There you can look it up on the internet. There's a lot of different conversations about it. Yeah, that's and, a great YouTube. I've seen a yes. great YouTube video on it. There's a great YouTube video. Yes, yes, yes. So I I just like for our teens. I like encouraging the qualities of health and well being. And part of health and well-being is recognizing when you feel safe, when you feel comfortable, when you feel nourished. And that wonderful sensation, identify that as your huga and hold that as a quality that you want to encourage yourself to be in as much as possible and encourage it in others. And uh, yeah, so that's my my quick share for the day. What's your favorite, favorite huga event or environment? We'll go around the room. We got, <laughs> we got one minute, so we have to go really fast. Dr. Amy, what's your favorite huga? Uh, right now, probably surfing. Nice. Woo! Oh, that's Richard's too. Don, what's your favorite huga? Walking around in my backyard. With or oh, without that's clothes. That's a good one. <laughs> just, just ask. Oh. Use your imagination. <laughs> No, you're my massage therapist. So it's all good. Hey, listen. Uh, well, we gotta go. Ah, oh, all right. How about this? Let's let's end the note. I try to say something. Uh, I don't know, motivating. But how about this? We rise by raising others, and I think the whole show has been about that. And uh, let's focus on that and those words this week. God bless you. We're gonna see you next week. You're the best. Oh,